We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, today is Monday, October 21st. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. As always, we are sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Week 7 uh, was another uh, kind of messy week uh, as far as ref-dictated games, uh, frustration from you know coaches you know not disclosing full injury information, and beat writers maybe not disclosing that, or at least digging it out of them. Chris, uh, how many David Johnson shares do you have? Any? Zero. I think I've had zero the last three years. I was talking about this on the XM show. He is the worst return on investment over a three-year span in the history of fantasy football by far. Yeah. He's been a top five overall pick, probably top three on most boards. Maybe this year, top five, top four, three years running and has delivered almost nothing. I mean, it's, I, I can't even imagine a guy staying that high in the draft each of the three years and doing nothing. Right. And, you know, it's games like yesterday that are really killers, too. It's one thing when you have to miss a game. It's another when you're active and then don't play. He said he wanted to test it out. Uh, didn't feel right. Uh, great. 
Now we have another week of uncertainty this week, too, to go into it, too, because he's not on by. So, of course not. Uh, meanwhile, Chase Edmonds, of course, goes off uh, in his place. So a lot of, not it, it was the double whammy of you had him active and you had Edmonds benched if you even had the handcuff at all or somebody else had Edmonds against you even worse. Uh, you know, it's what what real downside of fantasy football. This is this kind of reminded me like the dark ages of fantasy football. Uh, like when we first started Pretty doing Roto news. Yeah. When you're you had so little information to go on and you'd have to wait till the West Coast game and there'd be, uh, oh, he's not starting in that or, you know, we just don't know. And, you know, you'd have to like the pregame show would be your information. And like it was so difficult ferreting out good news. And it's still pretty bad. And now, obviously, and the, the fact that teams are allowed to get away with this. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, I think this was the guy's name. There's a guy, Derek Moore. He was a running back for the Panthers. And in 1995, when I was drafting, I was using some magazine that was not even as good as our magazine is now. Uh, not nearly as good now. And this is, you know, 1995 and is probably three months old and we were drafting and, you know, it was like the fifth round and all the guys that I knew about were gone and all the Jerry Rice's and Chris Carter's. So I'm like, all right, I need to starting running back. And Derek Moore was the highest rating running back rated running back on their list. Cause he was a presumed starter in you know, May, whenever the magazine was made. Right. And you know, I drafted him the guy, I don't even know if he made the roster that year, maybe made the roster as a backup. And it's just so funny back in the day, like you're at the draft and you have no, I literally no idea who the guy is or what his prospects are at all. Yeah. And you know, to that end, I mean, we know a lot more now we invest a lot more time and even still, you know, you know, there, there's, you, you know, like, okay, he's got a 40 time of this, but do we really know sometimes I'm, we're, we're still relying on secondhand information a lot of the times. We're just still get, we're still guessing on a lot of stuff. I mean, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, you could go deep the way Jerry Donabini does for the site and the way, you know, Mike Clay does for ESPN. And you get into all the snaps and routes run and the usage. You could do all of that for the previous season. You could pay attention to all the beat writer reports in training camp. You could watch every preseason game. You can watch you college film. Just, even you could watch college film and you still just don't really know for the jobs that are up for grabs that aren't obviously being won by someone who's crushing it. What the coaches are thinking, what really, how they really feel about the guy in a particular scheme. And even if you did know that you wouldn't know how that would evolve during the week, during the weeks of the season. It's just, we, we just don't know. And so we, you know, we go with the known, we go with the guys who've done it before, whose jobs are secure. And then when you're guessing on, you know, what does Kyle Shanahan really think of Dante Pettis? We still don't really know. He randomly appears back after he seems like he's in the doghouse. Debo Samuels banged up. Okay. Dante Pettis gets a couple of targets. You just, we just don't have any idea. It's, it's, um, it's not as bad as it used to be, but in a lot of ways, they're just names and numbers on a piece of paper. Right. They're not. We don't really understand what's going on with the human beings that are running the business that is the team that's going to affect our lineups. Right. And those that do often don't say or don't attribute. And so we're like, yeah, whatever. And, you know, it's it, it's it is one of the challenges. But you know what? If we had perfect information, this wouldn't be a fun game. So, I mean, that's the other way of looking at it there. Well, even if we had perfect information about the intent of everybody, we, we still wouldn't know what's actually going to happen. So, like, you know, we're, we're trending toward better and better information. But, but it is true that I think your point is good is that 
even though we have really good, like on paper, like snap, you know, performance information, at least on a cer- of a certain kind and film we can watch, you can rewind and watch all the games, every snap. You don't necessarily have all the coaches film, the guys that aren't on camera and what they were doing and whatever else. But most of our stuff is more and more quantification of performance. And we just don't have access, you know, like hard knocks is like the facade of that access, but right. there's a lot of stuff that they don't show. There's a lot that's, you know, that they don't have time to show or that they don't want shown. So, um, we just, we will never have that. We, we only have sort of the, the sur- not surface, but it's important information, but we're getting, most of the stuff we're getting better at is that. And your point that somebody who claims to have the inside info is usually uh, a clickbait person or full of, full of crap. Yeah. So it's just so hard to believe it when somebody says, Oh no, I, I know how the coaches think about this guy because usually it's either well-known or it's probably false. That's right. That's right. So look, going forward, say you, 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 you lucked out, you have chase Edmonds. You might've even used him. I actually did use him in one league, but it's a stupid deep 16 team league. Uh, so that's most normal people don't use them. Uh, but what do you have on your hands going forward? I mean, it seems like he's good. He, he was, he was a really good backup to have because he was the backup who does everything. And I don't know. He might be good. I mean, the Arizona offense is kind of mediocre, but it looks like Kyler Murray's learning a bit. Didn't have a great game against the giants, but right. Seems competent. I still don't know about the coach or the scheme. The receivers are kind of crap, but it looks pretty good. I mean, looks like a, you know, top 25 ish running back. Yeah. The thing is like, if you had Edmonds last year, you didn't get any benefit out of it to the point where he was undrafted in a lot of leagues this year. Uh, and now all of a sudden, you know, he's got, he's had a couple of good fantasy games, not, not just this one, but he's had some other good, he had a good game against a big run against the Bengals, had a good production against the Falcons. He's got some value going forward. Yeah. And if David, if they were talking about signing other backs this week, there's a rumor that they were going to audition Jay That means maybe David Johnson's out for a while. And then when David Johnson does come back, then what kind of split is it going to be? David Johnson is almost turning into like an Austin Eckler type where he's almost more of a receiver than a running back. And they may have Edmonds still heavily involved when Johnson returns. That's right. That's right. Uh, and the funny thing is, you know, even after Gordon returned with the Chargers, Eckler has been better. I mean, they haven't had, you know, a great run. You know, they, they, they've had three bad run games in a row uh, as a team. But Eckler was really legit good against Tennessee yesterday. Well, yeah, it's because he catches all the passes. It, it's interesting that, you know, now the Chargers have Hunter Henry, who's a top five or six tight end right now. They're using him and he's good. And they have Mike Williams healthy and they have Keenan Allen. Eckler is still getting used heavily as a receiver. Like it's, you think, okay, all the guys are coming back. You know, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry were hurt. Uh, but now it's like, all right, Eckler's still involved. And, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon, I wouldn't, people are like, oh, this shows what a waste he is and running backs don't matter and all this stuff. It's like he's had a couple of bad games. He fumbled, obviously, in a horrible spot. But Tennessee's run defense is pretty good. And the, he'll have his games where he's beaten up on the, I think by the end of the year, beating up on the opposition. I mean, assuming they can block for him, but I think, I think Melvin Gordon's above average. Yeah. I don't know that about that yet, but you know, thing is like, is he like, and, and I wonder, is it like just another week? Is that going to be the difference? Is it the offensive lines a problem? I mean, they lost their center uh, and that sometimes yeah, takes a long time. Some of that. 
Yeah, or is I mean, he you know, just a year you, older, you too? you got to run the ball. You have to run the ball. Right. Nobody can, you know, I mean, you, you, you cannot throw 99% of the time, 92% of the time. You got to throw at most 70 to 75%. You still got to run 20 to 25%, probably ideally more when you have a lead. So you got to run the ball. And then the question is, does it matter who runs it? I, I doesn't matter that much as long as he's competent. You know, as long as somebody's not going to leave, leave yards that he should have got, or he dancing dances around too much is indecisive. Melvin Gordon as an early down back, at least last year, uh, broke tackles was decisive hitting the hole, uh, and ran with power and also could catch the ball on early down. So when he's in there, you know, he's not just either a blocker or a runner. He, he's also could, he's not as good of a receiver as Eckler is, but he's still a weapon that they used quite a bit. Actually. I think he had 50 catches in like 12 games. So I think he's pretty good. I mean, you know, obviously it's not, it's not looking great that he held out and came back and it seemed like a negative so far, but I mean, it's just, that's just a coincidence. Right. That game was a crazy finish. We ranted about that on XM today. Uh, that just, it's not, it's not a watchable product when they have so many stoppages, when you have these long reviews and just, I understand the need to try to get everything right, but you know, maybe that's not such a good idea. And we, we explored that concept a little bit on the show today. Yeah. It's, it's more important to move it along and get it right at some point because well, there's two things. It's more important to move it along and it's more important for the experience of watching the game to feel like it's being dictated, like the results are being dictated by the players and not by rulings. We don't, you know, we we don't want to watch a court show. We're watching like a, we're watching like one of those like judge Judy shows, you know, where the judge rules on everything that happens. That's not really why we're watching. We're watching to have the, uh, the players settle it per the rules themselves on the field. So you've got two problems. One is that it's stopping the play. And the other is that it's really becoming, let's wait on every play to see if something happened, if there's a flag. And I, you know, we talked about this a little bit on the XM show, the NFL had a great run from 1950 or so. I know it started about 20, 30 years earlier, but from 1950 to 2010 or five or whenever they re, you know, the, the Super Bowl was pretty bad with the, Steelers Seahawks that year, but whatever it was about a 50 plus year run, it was just the best thing going. I mean, right. there's nothing I would rather do than watch a football game. Almost. And it was just like football was the greatest fantasy football was amazing. Betting games, everything about it was so great. And technology has presented a major challenge to football. It's that, you know, you can't just get away with like a missed call anymore. It ruins it, but you can't get everything right anymore because it takes too long and it's, and it ruins it also. So there, there's a real problem. And then there's also all the, uh, I don't know, increased speed and power of all the players and there's all these injuries and they're trying to make it safe by legislating all these flags and it's still not safe. And it's just, it's just sort of in a a tough state right now. And I hope they figure out a solution, but you know, not everything lasts forever. And I'm actually a little concerned that like people are just not going to sit through this garbage. You know, there's a saying, uh, the perfect is the enemy of the good. And I think that supplies here. They're trying to make everything perfect, you know, whether it's about concussions or whether it's, you know, and I get, there's other reasons here. There's liability reasons. There's, you know, it wasn't, it's not good that we had all the, you know, junior Sayo and Mike, you know, all the, you know, the Pittsburgh Steeler guys with concussions and, you know, that just ruined, you know, the ruined their lives after the game, killed themselves and others basically. Yeah. Um, I understand they ha- you can't just brush that off and say it's part of the game. You can't. Uh, however, the replays, I mean, just, yeah, I know sometimes you're going to have, 
I think the lore of the game as a, an egregious call is almost better than what we have right now. I mean, you know, Cardinals fans wouldn't agree about Don Dankinger, but, you know, we remember that call. We remember that series. And they still had another game to play after that. You know, that that's the whole crazy thing about that. Um, yeah, in the case of the Saints-Rams, that didn't end the game. That that missed yeah, call. It it, it could it the play could have ended the game, but there was a lot more that happened after that. The Saints screwed up. All right, the Saints could have still won it, but yeah. basically the Saints would have won it had that been called. It would have been over. Yeah, it it, it, it didn't lose it for them, but it would have won it for them. It and didn't then it ended not up win losing. it. Yeah, yeah. But, but but here's my thing though. It's just like okay, so now we have this ponderous replay system thanks to that one mistake. You know. Bad cases, you know, hard cases make bad law. It happens all the time. And now we have to legislate everything. Yet, oh, wait, this isn't reviewable, but this is reviewable. That's not reviewable, but this is reviewable. Just stop. It's just so bad. I I don't know. It just really, it makes for an unwatchable product. If if I were in charge of this, I would say you cut the penalties by 75%. I don't care how you do it, but I would start by like holding it. You don't call holding unless it's like, tackling somebody you don't call pi unless it's totally obvious holding, legal also, formation defensive holding Ugh. not a first down yeah it's, it's not automatic it's a five-yard penalty it's not an automatic first down and just let them be rougher and you'd be like ah oh, they're grabbing and clutching and you know and you'd be like yeah i mean i guess part of that also is that they don't want that to be the game used to be more like that in the 70s it was rougher and there was less there was you know less you know big numbers and stats and touchdowns and the running game was more important because it was just too hard to complete a pass. But this is just, a, we're just sort of at a, a crossroads here. And I mean, I hope they figure it out because first of all, it's my job that um, we benefit from the NFL being successful. Right. But also it's our job to watch all these games. And I don't want it to be a job. When I first was doing this job, I was like, this is amazing. I'd be doing this anyway. I'd be watching 11 hours of football on a Sunday anyway. I've watched less now that I'm in Portugal and I watch it in the morning. And I was like, this is the greatest luck ever. And now I've probably watched three or four hours of football if it, were, if it weren't my job. I'm sort of like, I can't, I can't, there's only so much of this I can take. Right. And you know, the thing is we have game pass. It's an amazing thing. We we can oh, actually watch any single game start to finish. We can watch it. The quick version. We can watch the full version. We can watch the coach's version. I mean, it's crazy what sort of access we have. But if you make the product so unwatchable, you don't really want to do that. So anyways, um, just, yeah, we, we've, I think we've covered this before, but it's, it's... I'm going to give a free idea to the NFL. When you're doing the rewatch, the replay, the edits, don't edit the guy going uh, offsides, number 44, just be like offsides and then show the next play. So we know that it's five yards, but just, you don't have to show even, even on the replay, I can't wait for the ref to take 10 seconds to explain it. Just <laughs> save mere seconds from play. your life. Yes. It's just, I don't want to hear that dude. I just, I have no interest in that. Yeah. At least the one good thing is you don't get to, he- you don't have to hear the Dean Blandinos of the world explaining every oh. call and how they got it right. And that's what it inevitably is too. You know, it's reflexively, Oh, they got this right because of this. Yeah. Okay. Um, Before we go on, the NFL season is in full swing at Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you a million dollars every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and you're a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. 
Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from a game with a little cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. So, Chris, there was a lot of big news, injury news uh, in, as part of week seven. That's That, that always stinks. Uh, but... We, we should go over it here anyhow. Uh, Adam Thielen, at least he had the decency to score before getting hurt, but he's looking unlikely for uh, this week. They play on Thursday against Washington. Yeah, he's Adam Thielen's really good, and he's gotten some of the benefit of Kirk Cousins' explosion the last three weeks. Not as much as Diggs has, but this is kind of a big game to miss. I mean, this is a good matchup. You probably have a huge game, and kind of sucks to miss it. He probably had a big game Sunday too. If he didn't get hurt, he already had a touchdown. If he didn't get hurt in the first quarter. Yeah, that's right. Um, instead, uh, you know, we saw a lot of I think BC Johnson. We saw Diggs had a lot of yards. Didn't get in, you know, didn't score a lot, but uh, they just, they moved the ball a lot. This is three straight good games for cousins after a terrible start to the season. Yeah. Cousins, well, cousins is so weird. Cause I saw him play the giants and that was his, I think his first, you know, turnaround game. And guys were wide open and cousins put it on the money, but a couple of times the giants got pressure and cousins like looked, didn't have a guy and like just froze and got sacked. And he reminded me of Eli a little bit. It's obviously better than Eli, but sort of like didn't have that improvisational skill at all. No Carson, Carson Wentz, Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, any of those guys, he just, it had to be there. But when he plays it's a weak team and has guys open and has a pocket to throw in and their offensive line has played better. He can throw it. I mean, there's, he's got no problem with the accuracy. It actually reminds me of like drew peak, drew Bledsoe or someone like that. Yeah. He can sling it around, but he's not going to do anything once, uh, you know, the, 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 the pocket breaks down. Yeah, that's right. Uh, meanwhile, Matt Ryan has got an ankle injury and he had forced to leave that uh, game against the Rams, a loss that was in the fourth quarter though. And he hadn't done anything prior to that. He was 16 and 27, 159 yards, no touchdowns and an interception. You know, you, with the Falcons, you kind of expect that, you know, they're going to get beat, but yet at least he's going to put up his production and that he doesn't do that. I mean, that stuff, he's not ruled out for this week, but at the same time, I, I you know, it's you know you got he's going to be one of those guys that you're going to be looking at with a lot of uncertainty unless he has like full practices and even that but uh, they face the Seahawks in Week Eight so that could be uh, an interesting setup there. What do you make out of uh, that performance against the Rams? Was Jalen adding Jalen Ramsey enough to make that big of a difference or what happened here? Well, it's kind of weird because the Ravens added Marcus Peters and he made a huge difference, but the Rams lost Marcus Peters so. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey's good, but so is Marcus Peters. Maybe Jalen Ramsey's better, but it's not like they replaced a scrub with a star. They they replaced a good player with a star, and I don't know how healthy Ramsey is or how many snaps. I haven't looked at that yet. I saw that he was on Julio Jones, and it was kind of a good battle. Jones won some of them, and Ramsey won some of them. But I think it's also the Rams, they needed a get-well game after getting absolutely destroyed by the Niners, and they found their... Patsy, you know, they found the weak team that they could just destroy. That's what sometimes just happens, right? Like the team's kind of reeling from a couple of bad games and they end up playing a, a weaker team and just let it all out. I don't want to overread into it. I think Atlanta seems like the wheels are off and you never, it's very hard to evaluate this because sometimes you think that and then they bounce back. But it reminds me of like the bot, the Ben McAdoo giants 
at the end of his tenure where like, you know, they were playing and obviously everyone has incentives to play for contracts and stay healthy and all this, but there's just no cohesion. Like, or, or, you know, as I go to remember broadband sports, you know, the name of the guy, Jeff, it was like after everything was falling apart and we were like still in the office and some guy who was like provisionally the head of our whole department came in and gave us like this pep talk, but how, you know, was it uh, George? Uh... No, no, George Platiza was, was higher up than this guy. This guy was like, okay. Uh, another level of management down. And he came in and like gave us this big pep talk and we were all like, dude, it's over. Like they're like yeah. pulling out, like they're like removing the furniture while you're telling us like, Oh yeah, we're going to bounce back and do everything. And three weeks later it wouldn't collapse. Lean and mean. Cause like they had had a round of layoffs and all that, of course. Uh, I mean, you could see the writing on the wall, but no, I, I, I remember the speech. I remember the scenario. I don't remember the guy's name. I always thought it was George Platisa, but it's not. No, it wasn't him. It was some other guy. And, and I feel like the Falcons, it's like, you know, Dan Quinn, like, yeah, you know, no, we're, we're, we're still playing for this year and whatever, but it's over. Yeah. I mean, he, he did his last ditch, fire all the assistants. I'm taking over sort of thing. And that's blown up spectacularly as it usually does. Um, and also the, the reason why I, it's a dire situation is that when the dolphins are bad, it's like, okay, they're just rebuilding. They're seeing who they have. They're trading away pieces. The Redskins kind of like that pretty much. I, I didn't think they probably didn't think they were going to be this bad, but people knew they were pretty bad. Bengals are in between probably thought they were going to be better than this. And, uh, it's disappointing that they have a new coach, right? They and knew there'd Falcons, be some growing pains with the new coach, but eventually they'd be better and they'd probably even be a little bit better this year, but hasn't worked out that way. Right. But it's, you know, it's not that far out of expectations, but the teams like the Steelers who are barely hanging in there. And now the Falcons who are done when you were expected to contend, I think that when it completely falls apart. I think it's, it's harsher than if you're just sort of a, you know, a bottom feeder to begin with. Yeah, and this was kind of like uh, the last of a. Don't, don't, didn't you used to be the Falcons sort of year? Um, it, it was kind of the, that That's sort what of I thing. Mean. Yeah. The professional team. They're a professional team, Jeff. Right. Yes. I, 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 that was one thing I'll say I got right when you were claiming that for uh, staff picks the uh, well, week I mean, ago. You do understand that they came back from 27 10 on the road and, t- and should have tied Professional it, offense. The defense practice. was never professional, though. No, no, no. The defense, I wasn't claiming that. I, I said they're one side. I, I did underrate the Cardinals a little bit. The Cardinals actually with like Suggs and Chandler Jones and now Patrick Peterson's back. Their defense, you know, wasn't bad. It was actually played well against the Giants. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they actually generated a pass rush in that one. Now, how much of that is just on the, the Giants O-line just failing? And how much of that is on uh, them actually being better? I don't know. Um I need to do the rewatch on that game, but you watched everything on that game. I watched it. It wasn't pleasant. I mean, I, I thought Daniel Jones held the ball too long a couple times, but for the most part, he was under pressure immediately. And even, you know, it's sort of like he, I kind of liked that he, he's willing to look down. He's always got his focus down the field. He's not like he didn't get happy feet or anything like that, but he should have maybe been once he realized that it was collapsing, like being a little more quick to dump it off and, roll out, you know, and get moving because you can't stand around when you're, when your line's not playing well, but, um, they, they were pretty good. And I think a lot of it's the, the giants offensive line kind of sucks. Nate Solder's terrible. Mm-hmm. And Will Hernandez, I don't really know much about offensive line play, but it doesn't seem like he's worth that second round pick so far. And then, um, Zeitler apparently was good, but it was hard to tell from that game. 
You know, one thing is, you know, you, you know, it illustrates that scouting, even for offensive linemen, is hard. You know, there's a lot of misses there too. I mean, the Bengals uh, spent that early pick on Billy Price a year ago as their first round, their first round pick as, a, and he's no longer a starting center. He, he's actually filling in at left guard, and he's kind of a backup, but having to pressed into action more. Um, you can miss there just as easily as you can at other positions. But the weird thing too is fluctuation of play. Like so, Mike Munchak, the Denver, you know, former Pittsburgh yeah. offensive line coach, goes to Denver. They seem to be getting it. The passing wasn't too bad. The running game was coming on. Lindsey was, you know, doing well. They played the Chiefs, who have the softest defense in the league. You know, they're easy to easy matchup. And the Chiefs just got like ten sacks, totally destroyed them. I mean, the Chiefs absolutely manhandled them. Right. And, and the Chiefs had like, been manhandled the two previous weeks. That's what I mean. And, you're and like, on short the rest, they on? turn around and do that. Yeah. This game. It's and crazy. It's weird. All the teams that I, I've been like taking against the spread, it's not just, okay, they lost or whatever. Like I had the Eagles last night. They got manhandled. Their front just was owned by Dallas. Right. And whenever you're rooting for that, you're done. To me, that's like the one thing you just can't have. You can't have the line collapse around your quarterback. It's, it's just you can't win like that. Yeah, it's weird that it's not it's not consistent. It's like different offensive lines every week are playing so disparately. Sometimes this thing is just like a feel thing too. like and it's sometimes you have it. Sometimes you don't. But like and I what I'm getting at is like it's like, okay, well, they're on the road. Well, that means this. Well, they're at home. It means this. Oh, they've done this the last two weeks. That means that. No, it's that can be a recency bias or, you know, it, it can be a real thing. And all it takes I mean, is one little cog to change, one little thing to change, and all of a sudden everything's thrown off again. Or something big changes and nothing happens. It's, it, you don't know in these complex systems which lever you pull right. is going to have which effect. It's really difficult. Like you might – a team may lose a key offensive lineman and, and play just fine or – team may lose a minor seemingly minor player and collapse and it may not be even be because of that but it's just sort of it's where the chiefs thing was truly weird i mean they lose pat mahomes on the road and they just dominate on defense like they haven't right in five years i mean i, I can't even it's, it's just one of those games you're like what happened yeah exactly um i i, I it's it was mind-boggling to see. Uh, really, really, really the Chiefs, surprising. I, I really have not seen a more dominant defensive performance than what the Chiefs did this year. Right. I mean, it was, yeah, the Patriots dominated the Dolphins, whatever. But, like, against an actual team on the road. I mean, they dominated the Broncos. Like, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And it, it was the unit that you didn't expect to be dominant. You, Like you said on the show, if you expected to see the Chiefs prevail and run away like they did. It was because you would think that Mahomes had a huge game, but that clearly wasn't the case. Uh, yeah, yeah, it happens. Crazy things happen. Uh, before we move on quick note from our friends at world fantasy sports already knocked out of your survivor pool. Do, do you end up losing early in the season feeling like your success is mostly based on luck? Wish there were some alternative where you can use your actual fantasy sports knowledge as opposed to relying on whether a team wins or loses. Well, now there is. World Fantasy Pools brings you first-of-its-kind type uh, game type. It's stat-based survivor pools. World Fantasy Pools takes the traditional concept of survivor pools that players are familiar with and adds in a more exciting twist. Instead of choosing a team to win a game, you will use your fantasy knowledge to choose an athlete to achieve a designated stat line. Just don't, do, don't choose David Johnson. Achieve the stat line and you advance. Fail to and you will be eliminated. Be the last to survive or make it through all rounds to win or split the prize pool. Just choose one athlete each round to achieve a designated stat line to advance and win. It's that simple. 
Sign up and play today at www.worldfantasypools.com. Uh, you mentioned the Bengals earlier, and you know how I, you know, we expect them to be better, and and not be a joke. And all of a sudden, they've turned back into an zero and seven joke, and all that. But that game against Jacksonville, they led at halftime. They're you know they were ahead, you know, a good portion of the game in this one here. Uh, Jacksonville, they do some dumb things too. Like they punted fourth and one from the Bengals forty eight in the second quarter. I'm just like, okay, great. Your defense is playing great right now. Maybe you think you can always shut down the Bengals, but come on, it's fourth and one in pretty plus territory. You're supposed to be able to crush them. You're supposed to be able to move the ball game. They didn't. They punted. The Bengals turned around and scored a touchdown to go up at halftime. I mean, you totally deserve to be behind for a, a cheesy thing like that. And they, they they are struggling to convert in the red zone. I was I came away pretty unimpressed with Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't watch much of that game. I I like Minshew and I like Fournette and I like Chark. But, Minshew didn't look great, uh, by the way, either. I I, th- yeah. I think there, there, he he was kind of exposed a little bit. Bengals pass rush got got to him a little bit early, and I noticed and I noticed this earlier too. And like they played Houston in Houston. Uh, he's a spe- he seemed especially flustered by a good pass rush. You know, so, you know, a good pass rush gets to, you know, well, limit anybody, but some quarterbacks seem to be like bothered more when you, when the other th- a team has a good one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of the, I think one of the hallmarks of a star quarterback is someone who can deal with and adapt to bad conditions and most can't at all. Right. Some are even worse than others. And right. the ones that can do it, those are the greats, right? Those are the ones that even when the defense is playing well and the offense is overmatched, the quarterback transcends that. Exactly. And doesn't, you, you know, I mean, the Ravens beat up on Russell Wilson. He didn't do much. Yeah. And so, you know, no one does it all the time, but you see Russell Wilson overcome a pass rush or Aaron Rodgers or, you know, the, the great quarterbacks and Minshew probably isn't there. I, you know, it, you might even see Nick Foles take over in the next couple of weeks. That's going to be an interesting Situation. I think you might too. Uh, meanwhile, Teddy Bridgewater is undefeated uh, since taking over for Drew Brees. He actually looked good against the pass rush. I, I, I finished my, my rewatch of that game actually this before doing the podcast, and you know yeah, he, he looked good. He looked really good. You know, there he had that one completion to uh, uh, Thomas uh, at the like you know in the I think it was the third quarter where he evaded a pretty good pass rush, ran against his body, and just led led Thomas perfectly. I mean, it, it, you saw that he earlier had this big scramble for a first down, which was a really tough run. And that ended up being a scoring drive for them. I, I came away really impressed. The saints actually should have won by a lot more. They, they left a lot of things on the field, like, or, or had things overturned, like a punt return. I was called back on a kind of a cheesy holding call. You know, see also our ran on officiating. Uh, they, they missed two field goals, one from 42 yards. That was Lutz's first miss. I think in 36 attempts from inside 40 yards. I mean, it was crazy. They could have blown out the bears even more than they did. Yeah, they killed them. And the bears got a kick return touchdown. So like yeah. the bears, you know, only points until the garbage time at the end was on a kick return. They, the defense completely shut them down. Yeah. I thought Bridgewater looked great. I thought his throws looked good. They were accurate. They weren't just making the throws under pressure. They were throwing accurate. Like it wasn't behind Michael right. Thomas or it wasn't like these are right to him. There's no Camara this game. Obviously, no Breeze. Um, I, yeah, I we I've been betting the Saints every week and winning because I think the market. I've been saying this. I think it's true that the market still thinks there's a six or seven point difference between Breeze and Bridgewater, and I think it's like two points right now. 
And yet the Saints are still getting, you know, when that game kicked off after Kamara was out, it was four they were getting. Right. They should have been favored by three, you know, if it were Breeze. And then with I thought it should have been a pick em without Kamara maybe plus one, but they're getting four because they're still treating Bridgewater like a nobody. And Bridgewater, I think, not only is, you know, Minshew, Kyle Allen at least, maybe he's better than those guys, but he's around that. He's also probably bought himself like a 10-year career as a backup at, at, at worst. He'll be a starter somewhere you know, else next got, year. That's my prediction. He starts? Yeah. yeah. Well, he'll either get a chance to start or he'll always be like that very in-demand backup, which is a good living. You know, he came back from that knee injury. He might have been out of the league by now. Yeah. Ask Ryan Fitzpatrick. Finally- yeah. It's pretty valuable to be that. That's for sure. Right. He could be Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, whatever. No one really cares. It's not our problem. What he's doing for a living, but you really, you know, this, this little stretch is like, okay, he's, this guy is, he's an NFL player. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I came away pretty impressed with this. Uh, and you know, breeze could come back as early as this week. They're saying now. Uh, so he's been pushing on that and it's his job. I get it. But Man, Bridgewater made a pretty good case for himself. And it's going to be funny to see a hot take if, like, he runs into, you know, Breeze loses a game pretty quickly, back, and it comes back, or it's just mediocre and has returned back. Because they still have their bye left also. That's the thing. Um, you know, he, he's going he's gonna to practice this week. We'll see. He really wants to play. You can tell. Uh, Sean Payton wouldn't discuss a timeline, but, you know, it, it – you know he's he's in a luxury right now that he doesn't have to be in a hurry too. That's that's pretty handy. They face they've got a home game against Arizona this week, and then a home game again. Then they have a bye. Then a home game against Atlanta. Then at Tampa Bay. It's not a bad schedule right now. Right. You always want to like bring Breeze back all the way from Tampa Bay. Make sure that finger is healed. That right. thing is healed completely because they'll probably win without him. And they need every win they can get though because Green Bay's only got one loss also, and Niners are undefeated and. You don't, you know, you want to make sure you're getting that bye week in the playoffs. So you, you can't, the NFL is kind of cool with that. Like it's this, the short schedule. I mean, you can't be cavalier about any game, right? Blow it against Arizona. I mean, that's, you, you know, that could cost you your chance to win the Super Bowl. I mean, you, you, you need that bye week Absolutely. And right now, you know, they're, they're tied with green Bay for it. And, and you know, the, the Niners would have one, so they, they might not get it. Yeah, Green Bay, their schedule is about to get a lot harder. They've had a pretty nice schedule so far. Uh, you, you look at, you know, they've had, what, they're 6-1. and one, They've had two road games. You know, the wins at Chicago, at Dallas, those look good. But they, they Oakland, Detroit, uh, you know, they their one loss was a home game against the Eagles on that Thursday night. You know, actually, you know, you know, none of these teams are like the real patsies of the NFL. And Oakland's not that bad. They're not. They're not special bad. They're not the Redskins, the Bengals, or the Dolphins. No, they're, they're like a 500 level team. And, and yeah. the and the next week, you know, we talked to Ambrosius about this. It's at Arrowhead, but it's without Mahomes. So yeah, they're going to be favored in that game. And then at the Chargers, and, which is really a home game. Yeah, and the Chargers suck, and Green Bay and the Packers travel. So like, neither yeah. of those games is especially daunting. The Chargers are at best like a league average team right now. Things are kind of no setting up field. pretty well for Green Bay. Yeah, at KC. At the Chargers, home against Carolina, that'll be a, a good one. At San Francisco, could be huge. Okay, at San Francisco is the first one they won't be favored in, and maybe they will if you know who knows what's going to happen by then. But right, right now they wouldn't be favored in that, but the yeah. others they would. Then, then another, another nice little soft ske- schedule after that. At the Giants, home against the Redskins. Tough uh, game at at Giants. It's going to be tough. Tough game, tough game, tough, real tough game. I bet. Uh, 
And then uh, home home against the Bears at Minnesota at Detroit. So uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty they could they could easily be thirteen and three. Yeah, I mean you know it's and it's Rogers. Where did too. this come from? That's the other crazy thing. Where did yesterday's game come from with Rogers? Yeah, you know. It's like Scaling had three targets, and yet he goes for like 130 yards. Allison had a touchdown. Well, he had one really back. Yeah, I mean, you know, Scaling had two huge plays, basically. So I didn't get much right this week. I'm just so pissed that I was on the lines. I, I just didn't make the line severe enough. But uh-huh. I, that everyone watched the Lions-Packers game, and they were only focusing on like how the Packers were gifted the win on those like final drive penalties. Right. But what I saw was the Packers are really good and the Lions are mediocre. That's what I saw in that game. The Lions got out to a quick start, but after that, the Packers just dominated. And Rodgers, every time I've watched him, which is a few times on standalone games, I watch every single snap. He's looked so sharp. Even against the Eagles, he looked sharp. They just couldn't run it in the red zone. And the Eagles did run in the red zone, and that was the difference. They settled for a bunch of field goals. But it wasn't because Rodgers wasn't sharp. And even against the Lions, there were so many drops. Like Graham was dropping passes and – I think Allison, well, Allison got concussed, but some other guys, they were just dropping passes. And Rodgers has looked amazing to me this year. And finally, uh, it came together. You know, they, they were getting the big plays and guys were making plays for him. And I, I, I think Rodgers is himself. He's completely healthy. He's moving well. Packers are really dangerous. And, you know, Devontae Adams, as I said, not a star, but a good receiver. And when they get him back with the great, you know, offensive line play they have and the running game they have, it's, defense they have they're going to be they're they're legit like one of the top four teams in football yeah they are uh i think you're probably right about that uh so that's one that would fit into your take five teams bet is it still five teams would you have to cap it at you think probably four i think it's four now right because five is too many you're going to take the patriots you're probably going to take the niners i mean i would the saints and the packers those would be my four you're leaving the vikings on the table but i mean you can't you know remember like the other person has the field but you gotta leave some good teams. You gotta leave some good teams behind. Yep. You know, leaving the Chiefs off the table now because who knows with the Matt, with the Mahomes injury? And who knows if they'll make the playoffs? Yeah. Who knows? Indeed. Their division is super weak, though. They'll make the playoffs. You leave the Seahawks off the table. Well, they just lost to the Ravens. So okay, I get it. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, they they so, could be so there. The though. Ravens. If, if you if you notice, three of the teams out of four would be in the a, in the NFC. Yes, I didn't just the pass the Pats. You know, with Roethlisberger's out, Roethlisberger out, Mahomes out, Luck out for the year. They've just cleared the way for the pass. I mean, it's just, I mean, if Luck and Mahomes are healthy and Roethlisberger's healthy, the AFC is so much better than it is right now. I mean, Steelers defense is actually right. good. And but you look at here's the interesting thing: the Chiefs. We'll see, you know, how long Mahomes is out. But if he's out for like five weeks, you know, they probably end up not getting a bye. Mm-hmm. And then in that case, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna play in the wild card. But what a danger! If Mahomes is completely healthy by the time the playoffs start, and Hill is completely healthy, what a dangerous wild card team they'll be. That's right. That's right. Uh, I want to talk about one more team, but before we do that, uh, note from Stash: uh, Your fantasy winnings are going going to need a game plan. Put them to work on Stash, and you'll get an extra five dollars to start investing. Over three million Americans invest, bank, and save with Stash. All on one easy-to-use app. On Stash, you can buy pieces of stocks and funds, just $5 at a time. And unlike some other micro-investing apps, you get to build your own portfolio. Your Stash also includes access to a smarter, simpler bank account that actually works with your investment account and can help you save and spend smarter. Want to plan for a better financial future? 
Stash also offers retirement accounts and investing accounts for kids. Stash can even help teach you how to save and invest confidently with simple guides, articles, challenges, and personalized guidance. Stash is a financial home for all your fa- for all your money needs, and they'll even give you $5 to invest if you join today. Stash, one app, unlimited opportunity. Investment advisory services offered by Stash Investments, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Debit account services provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. All right, so... One of those teams that we're talking about, Chris, also, you know, cleared the, you know, helped clear the way for the Pats was the Colts. You know, the Colts were going to be one of those teams that were going to con- contend, but, you know, Andrew Luck retires. Yet they're still in first place in the AFC South after beating the Texans straight up. Uh, and they were winning that whole game. They were, I mean, they were, there was one moment, you know, one critical call, which would have, I think, changed a lot of the, about this game because the Texans had to settle for a field goal. Was that in the grasp call that was you know that negated a touchdown? But the Colts were really the better team the whole game. Yeah, the Colts are good. I mean, they lost one game in L.A. against the Chargers week one, where Vinatieri missed two field goals and they still made it to overtime and they lost in overtime. They easily could have won that game. The other, the only other loss they had was home to the Raiders, kind of was upset. They could easily be five and one, and they're just smartly run, efficient. Brissett's kind of like Bridgewater's getting better. He he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's not Andrew Luck, but he's he's good. And they've you know got Zach Pascal has become a target, and T. Y. Hilton is still good, and they're sort of diversifying a little bit more. And they just got Darius Leonard back. That was, yeah. that was huge. He's been out most of the year. I mean this. Team is, I think the Colts are going to be, I think they're going to win the division. I could see the Texans and Colts both making the playoffs. You know, maybe just the Chiefs in the in the West, Pats, Ravens, and then either the Bills or you know someone else is the wild card. But yeah, the Colts are uh, they're a good team. They're well run. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think they're they're well constructed. But I also wonder, like, it's one thing to be able to navigate the regular season. It'll be another thing, like. Can you really trust Jacoby Brissett in a playoff game? That's where it kind of comes. That's where where well, it no. I mean, you can't. I mean, you 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 might, but you don't have know to. That you I mean, they will have to. They have no choice but right. to. I mean, but you can't trust him. But you're going to have to, and you'll see whether he's trustworthy. But you can't like know now that he is. I mean, you he's never done it. And, but they're going to control games, and they're going to be smart about it. They may be up against something they can't deal with. Like a they did beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, but I think if Mahomes and the offensive line were healthy. It would be like last year where the Chiefs crushed them. And, you know, the Pats is another thing in that defense. But teams evolve so much. You know, remember the Giants went on those two runs and the Ravens won their Super Bowl that year. Like midseason, they didn't look at anything. Nobody would have right. been talking about them in the in the top five or four teams. That's why the four seems so obvious. So give me the four teams. You take the rest. You, you only have the Vikings and Seahawks, and they're not as good as the ones I chose. So, of course, I'm going to win. But the field gives you, like, you know, weeks for all these teams to evolve and devolve. And so – right. You know, of course, right now that would be, you know, I'd be ahead if they, if they had to start the playoffs now, I'd, I'd way rather have the four, but we're not starting the playoffs. Now we're starting to play playoffs like 10 weeks from now and things are going to be very different then. That's right. That's right. And you know, it, it could be an injury. It could be, they just something, something clicks. It could be a lot of different things. And, you know, it could be a guy steps up that you didn't realize you, what you had guy gets better and better over the course of the season. Uh, you know, young play, you know, it, it's a sport where, you know, youth 
you know, we, we are, you know, youth is actually a positive in a way because you're more physically capable of doing things and, you know, it gets underrated sometimes you get these guys that contribute late in the season. Like, Oh wow, look what he can do. We didn't have that before. Right. Like last year, I mean, now we're like Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard. What great picks by the Colts. But like in week three, nobody was talking about those two guys very much. Right. You know, right. By like week 10, they were like, Oh, these two guys are killing it. Yeah. And now they're, you know, legit stars in the league, but you don't know necessarily. And, and, and you're right. Guys emerge and, and make huge differences. Absolutely. So uh, we'll, we'll see about the Colts, but the Colts, they're interesting to me. I think that, uh, you know, I, I just, they're, I think they're a really smart team, really smart organization, smart head coach, smart general manager. Uh, and the, they, they, they've adapted quicker. Uh, a couple other notes I want to get through real quick before we uh, sign off. Carry uh, on Johnson. It's another guy that uh, left early in this game against the Vikings. Another killer among the, all these injuries here. Uh, it's a knee injury. Uh, you know, the update today from Matt, Matt, Matt Patricia was your typical tell us nothing sort of thing. He said, Johnson said he was fine, but didn't have a medical update. Really? I mean, come on. Uh, so, but he's another guy we're going to have a hard time uh, trusting. Uh, and the lions, I mean, I don't even think they're that great of a run blocking team to begin with. So it may not matter, but Ty Johnson, JD McKissick, they could be, they're playing the, your giants this week. It's in Detroit. Who knows? I mean, that those might be a couple of our free agent targets this week. Yeah, it's a bad game for Carrion Johnson to miss uh, if he does end up missing it. So yeah. you, you don't get a lot better than Giants at home on the ground. No, you definitely don't. Although the Giants did, I mean, it's hard to say, they gave three huge runs to Edmonds. And then, like, in the second half, he broke some tackles and had a couple good runs, like, just chewing up clock. But in the end, they, the defense scored a touchdown and held them to a field goal after the Giants went on fourth and 15. And the Giants had two minutes down six to win the game, and they just couldn't pass protect. But right. the defense wasn't terrible. No, not at all. In fact, I, I don't. I think they, you know, I, yeah. I mean, Murray didn't do much of anything. Yeah, the total yards. You know, it's just because Arizona had a short field early on too. They had that that one pick, turned you know, that around, and, and, Dan, and Danny Dimes fumbled twice. Yep, absolutely. So uh, we'll see, uh, but. Yeah, you know, and now now you got a kind of a desperate Lions team too. You know, they everything was all happy, and now this is like they want to if they want to stay alive, they're, they're really behind the eight ball. I mean, the division's pretty much shot already. They're two, three, they're and one. toast. But they're not going to make the playoffs. I don't think they are, but I also think so that they haven't played given pretty up. well. And the you know the receive, I mean, like the offense is all right. Green Bay really, I thought Green Bay exposed them. The Lions started off fast, and then Green Bay ran and passed them, and the Lions couldn't do anything. And Minnesota, they actually generate a lot of offense against Minnesota, but you know they couldn't keep up. I, the Lions are like a seven-eight win team. They're, they're not. They're not going right. to. And that's that's. And the Bears are, are toast. Also, I think I don't think they can make it. Green Bay and Minnesota are too good, and the, the conference is too loaded with good teams. Yeah, it is really interesting that you have probably about nine or ten pretty good teams in the NFC, uh, and you have like four or five in the AFC. It feels like. Yeah, even the Cardinals aren't that bad, or the Bucks aren't that bad. The Giants and Redskins are the only two like really bad teams in the yeah. NFC. Carolina comes off there by this week. Uh, Kyle Allen's going to start again. Cam Newton still rehabbing his injury. I even heard someone suggest Cam Newton to the Bears, but I think that's more. I don't think that's actually a thing that's actually happening. Uh, it's like a, a great speculative sort of thing. It would be. Uh, that would be a great. That would be amazing. I mean, the, the Bears should give up a first rounder for him. 
I mean, I know that's, you know, be like a mid to late first rounder and just be like, screw it. I mean, he's probably got the problem with cam though. Here's the problem with cam. It's not that he's hurt. He'll be healthy. It's that he's a little bit, he's like Lamar Jackson in that you don't have him. His running ability is a huge part of who he is as a quarterback. And I think Jerry was talking about this on the show today that you can be a great quarterback. I mean, the Camden was an MVP. They were 15 and one. They were favored in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're just, you know, good enough, you can't be a bad pocket pass, you know, good enough in the pocket, good enough as a passer, but a great scrambler. If you have both of those. That's enough to be a real plus at the quarterback position. And so the problem with Cam at this age is that even if he gets healthy, you know, it, it's like Steve McNair. It's like, it's a diminishing thing, right? He's going to get hurt more as he gets older. He's going to be less effective as a runner. And then when he's only a passer and just like an occasional scrambler, he he's not good enough to take. He's not good enough as only a passer. He's better than Trubisky, but I mean, that's, that's damning with faint praise. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Trubisky doesn't even, you know, last year scrambling was a big part of his game, but now that he's got the shoulder, I mean, they don't really want him to scramble anymore. Um, And he wasn't, you know, you know, I don't know if he, you know, where he rates on that scale, but you know, he's not as good as last year as far as that goes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Trubisky's a, a great scrambler. He's like, not just, okay. He's a really good scrambler, but yeah, but I'm saying currently this year, I don't know where he rates Newton. as far as that goes. What's that? But this year, I don't know where that rates, but yeah, uh, maybe it's cause he's out of sync or what, I don't know, but, but he doesn't even have the passing skills that like Lamar Jackson or Cam Newton have. He doesn't even have that baseline of like, I'm an okay passer, but an amazing scrambler. He's not as good as scramblers either of those guys. He's not as powerful as Newton. He's not as fast as Lamar, but he's also a worse pocket pass than those guys. So like he's, he's on the ropes. He's like Blake Bortles. He's like a poor man's Blake Bortles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one last note, AJ green after some talk about him not returning until after their buy and which is week nine. So they would return in week 10. Uh, there's some now talk that he is going to be able to play this week. Bengals play the Rams in London. Lucky you London. Uh, but, uh, I'll believe it when I see it, when it gets full practices and all that, and he comes back and he get to face Jalen Ramsey right away. So, and yeah, I, I, you know, you're, you're basically not using him until after his buy anyhow. Yeah, no, you're not. I, I'd like to see Cam Newton to the bears. I, I know it's risky because of that, but if Newton has another good year or two as a scrambler, like it could be interesting. Yeah, it could be. It very well could be. All right, that's going to wrap up today's pro, uh, podcast. So I want to thank Yahoo for uh, sponsoring us. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we got Joe Bartell and we got Jake Latarski, uh, as always, on the Tuesday pod. So thanks again for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review, and have a great day. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. 